If you've ever wondered why I do the work that I do, the answer is in this episode. And this episode does a much better job of explaining it than I ever could in simple words. Every single time I create training, every single time I post on Instagram, every single time I plan out anything to do with the unteachables, I'm thinking about myself in the exact situations I'm going to be describing in this podcast episode, in this particular time period, myself as an early career teacher. Today, myself and one of my best teacher friends, Kiara, are going to be going back to that time and talking about some of the most difficult classes and difficult situations that we've been in and explaining how in the world we can engage some of the most disengaged, especially when that means a whole class of 30 students. I am so excited to be having this chat. I'm so excited to bring this to you and let's crack into it. Welcome to the Unteachables podcast. I'm your host, Claire, and I am absolutely no stranger to the challenges and let's face it, sometimes carnage of being a teacher. And if you found yourself here listening with me, I'd say that you might know a bit about that as well, because being a teacher is freaking hard. And this podcast is dedicated to making you feel a hell of a lot less alone whilst giving you the knowledge, support and strategies that you need to not just survive the chaos of being a teacher, but truly thrive. Think about it as getting a weekly dose of relatable, actionable, and most importantly, enjoyable professional learning straight into your ears. So hit the subscribe button, download me for your commute, and let's get into it. So just for a bit of context before I introduce Kiara, we started teaching in the English department together about, I don't know, like over a decade ago, didn't we, Kiara? Mm. And oh my gosh. The the laughs that we have shared, the carnage of teaching that we have waded through together. (laughs) And if it weren't for this woman, I don't actually think I'd still be teaching. I really don't. And I don't know about you, but like the top tier memories that I have from that time. And you got me thinking when I was starting to kind of plan out this podcast with you about how important it is to have some really good teacher friends to kind of go through all of that crap with you. So, hello, Kiara. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hello, friend. Hi, friend. It's so good to see you. It's lovely and thank to you see for you. having me. So, when I was thinking about starting this podcast, actually, you were the one that came to my mind um, because, <laughs> honestly, what not to do as a teacher, or no, <laughs> no, because. Oh my God. I, I just thought about all of the things that we'd gone through together and about how absolutely hilarious you are and about how even on the toughest days you had me crying and in stitches. <laughs> and, and honestly, sometimes it, 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 when you're thrown into the situation that we were thrown into and we quite literally were thrown yeah. into the very deepest pool of teaching in our first experience, you have to laugh and you have to build important friendships because they get you through you can't take yourself too seriously can you oh no 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 especially with the kids that we taught yeah um, and the situations that we were thrown in and I'm glad you said that because when I when people ask me why I started the unteachables and what my why is I think back to that time in our lives I think back to what we were like as teachers and obviously like we you know, we were okay. It's not that, you know, we were. We were great. We were, <laughs> I think we were no, great, we, considering, we were great considering what we were going through. But I oh. think back to me 
And I think back to what we wanted to do with those kids and the lack of skills because there was just a lack of training were chucked into it. So yeah, when I think about like the training that I provide for teachers, it's like, what would Claire need and what would Kiara need back then? Just to get from point A to point B much, much quicker. So, cause you're now a leader of a whole team, aren't you, Kiara? I am. Tell us about that. uh, yeah, I am an English teacher. That's my craft. Um, but I've quickly kind of moved into an executive position at school and I'm a head teacher of teaching and learning. Um, and I look after professional learning for 80 staff members, but also I manage a team of about 18 learning and support um teachers and staff as well. So, you know, I'm looking after a hundred and 80 kids in the mainstream that have additional learning needs. So that's been a real trip and a real ride. Um, and you've and like as a teacher, we were thrown in, but also in an executive role. You get thrown into these yeah. roles, however experienced or inexperienced you are, and you've just got to put that survival mode on from the very beginning and learn as you go. And it's scary. It's yeah. overwhelming. But uh, Do you look back at like do. our past selves and you're, yeah. you're super proud now of what you've got? Absolutely. Super proud. But also it happened relatively quickly. Um, yeah. So, you know, moving into leadership roles, not even head teacher, but even before that, lead teacher or a year advisory role, you su- all of this stuff is suddenly thrust upon you uh, very quickly and you just have to, a lot of it's trading water, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We don't get taught how to be a leader. We don't get taught how to no. be a teacher in that sense as well. No. So that's where I am at the it's moment. Amazing. I'm so proud of you. Mm. And she so who won't be named. You. Well, that's what I wanted. To, I, I'm reflecting as well because she who won't be named on this podcast, one of our old <laughs> senior leaders, <laughs> if she could see us now, because we're not oh. the most, what would you call, like we're not the most. Um, I would call us rogues. We are yeah, rogues. just a little bit rogue because we just kind of did our own thing. We had our own personalities and it was like. And we questioned that was seen, the status quo, right? Yeah, and certain people didn't think that that was leadership worthy but actually I think that is the thing that makes us the best leaders absolutely I mean how many opportunities did pass us by because of the fact that we had left of center personalities and we weren't picked for things uh, at the start because because we had funny duddies (laughs) (laughs) and back then I never thought I'd have a podcast and be calling us funny duddies I know, um, and also because we liquefied it every. We'll talk that about actually brings later. me on. It brings me on to my next, um, my next point, actually. So one of my top tier memories with you, because I was trying to think of a few when you know I was planning <laughs> out the podcast, but my top tier memory or one of would have to be when we ran the debating team together. So already, <laughs> so already that was a bit dumb because we're in our like first year of teaching. Like you know, you were a little bit more experienced than me, but. I had all of this stuff going on. You had all of this stuff going on. And then because we wanted to hang out together in school, we decided to be a great plan to join the, like just to make the debating team. But not only did we think that it was a good idea to do the debating team, we also thought it would be a good idea to put our hand up to be the host school without any, (laughs) without any idea what that meant. Oh yeah, we'll have the host school. Um, So I just remember us sitting in the staff room trying to match teams up. 
And for some reason, our brains would not allow us to do it. And we were freaking out. We had to get somebody oh, else to come in and do that. We couldn't for us. do a timetable. Do you remember we couldn't, we couldn't do a work schedule? out a timetable? We were, we had all of these teams together. We were trying to like move around the post-it notes. And then remember Brett came, he's like, what are yes. you doing? <laughs> and and but that's largely because I am absolutely innumerate and I have absolutely <laughs> no concept of like strategizing and putting things into puzzle pieces. I'm not that great at it. And well, we obviously so I wasn't too good either. <laughs> I was so I angry. Remember it was also the morning we, before. I mean, oh, the night, yeah. yeah, the night before. We were running around trying to get biscuits. And yeah. <laughs> like what are we going to feed them? What are some snacks? Do you remember we sat with the kids and went <clears throat> 10 minutes before we went, I said to you, Claire, I don't know how debating runs. <laughs> I looked at a YouTube video on how to actually like run a debate, like what every speaker was, what their role was, et cetera. Do you remember when we actually had the schools there and they said to us, who's going to be the person that is doing the, I can't, I don't even know the jobs. So obviously I'm not a big debating adjudicator. person. Adjudicator. We adjudicator. We didn't have, we didn't even have an adjudicator. We, we had, had the nothing. biscuits. We had the snacky snacks, <laughs> but we didn't have an actual adjudicator. Yeah, we had the Scooby <laughs> snacks and remember we said, and they said, well, well, you have to go and get blazers. And we're just like, <laughs> what? Our kids wear tracksuit pants and singlet tops to school and we had to go to the lost and found. Oh, we're trolling through that lost and found to collect all the blazers. <laughs> oh, God. It was positive. Oh, my gosh. It was a debacle, Claire. But we made it through. And the pure devastation when we... um we lost <laughs> like we we really thought we had it in the bag we really thought we had it in the bag we even created war chants and songs for all the students and nothing we didn't even make nothing. it to the semis like we didn't even make it past the heats Claire I was very proud of us for actually putting together such a feat of magnitude it was our first time I think leading something yeah. And um and looking at outside stakeholders and organizing. And I mean, for us it was monumental. It was. I, I didn't even remember that. Thank you for reminding That's me. That's okay. That's my top Thank tier memory. And it was just so funny. Do you have any memories you want to share before we move on? Top tier? Yeah. Oh, some of them are some of them I can't say on this podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> I would I would, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this with our Year Eight History class. Yes, but when we we are talking about it, the mummification. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> uh, so as you oh can hear, Kiara doesn't even know what she's coming on this podcast for today. I've literally just planned something because I just want to talk about this so bad, and it's just yeah, it's just the best. <laughs> so we had a shared Year Eight, year eight History class. So we were sharing it once a fortnight mm. on a Friday afternoon. Remember, it was last period on a Friday, this horrific year this? Can we just premise this by saying that our school was, you know, difficult in, in every way, but my classroom where we held this, this lesson um, was the smallest classroom in the entire <laughs> school. It was a hot box. 
we taught in the height of summer this class. Yeah, you have to remember we were in Western Sydney. So outside it was 45 degrees and inside it was a million. Quite literally no air conditioning in this place. And I was probably the first to get it because of the fact that we would have beads of sweat running down (laughs) our back. And Claire would say to me, oh, I'm a sweaty, bloody beast. I'm a sweaty beast. Yeah, I can't. And some days it would get that hot that we'd have to teach the class in the stairwell, like there was a kind of landing, and and we'd have to teach them out there because it was just so hot. So that's a bit of context for you. Thank you. I I didn't even remember that. Oh, my God. I'm I'm crying. I'm crying. Stop it. It was probably heinous. From... (laughs) From the second you, oh God, see, every single time I talk to you, I'm just crying. From the second you walked in, so there were 75 minute lessons, but this class, from the second you walked in there to the second you left, it was carnage. It was absolute (laughs) carnage. And because we were sharing it, we were sharing this class. So we only had them once a fortnight each. Mm. So there was no ability to build a relationship. You know, and and just you know those pictures, and like they might be on Facebook and stuff, and it's like, oh, the more that you look at it, the more that you see. And this was that class. Everywhere you looked, there was something new and disastrous to observe. Like one kid in the corner on their back rolling around. In the oh fetal, no! What were you doing in the fetal position? It was yeah, just these weren't spot fires, and they talk about spot fires a lot in education. This and, was a blaze oh, all the time. This was a bushfire. This was blazing through the school, mate. It was just catastrophic. And I think <laughs> even the most experienced teacher would have walked into this classroom and got, oh, dear, and just walked straight <laughs> out. It was every ability. It was every behaviour. It was every challenge you could think of. And then on top of that, the the environmental yeah. challenge, the challenge and the lack of, of consistency, yeah. the lack of consistency. The room wasn't set up adequately. It was so tiny that all you could have were rows or a horseshoe with the chairs that were falling apart, and just we were sweaty messes. So it was a yeah. recipe for disaster. I just remember However, your face one day turning to me and going. It's your turn this week, Claire. Yeah. <laughs> it's your turn this week, Claire. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and so, you know, how do you how do you plan for a class like that? I guess. Do you remember, Kiara? Yeah, that's where we're going. And we're gonna do some reflections on what we'd maybe do differently mm. as well, with yeah. a bit more experience up our belt. But do you remember? Through all of that carnage, there was always two students. There was a boy and a girl sitting at the front looking at us intently, like, ready to learn. Hell. <laughs> Teach me. Teach me something. <laughs> and that made it so much worse. It made it so much worse because if all of them were like that, you know, like disengaged, but you had that guilt, like so oh, much guilt did. for those two little Teacher guilt is real and there's always two that look at you wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to go, and you haven't gotten past the do now. 
You uh, haven't even gotten past the first thing on your 60 minutes in, you haven't gotten through your first thing on the list because you're still standing there waiting like a fossil. (laughs) You're going, how many minutes left of horrible histories before I have to do people again? So we put in a lot of horrible histories, didn't we? (laughs) So many episodes. We would liaise with each other. What episodes have you watched We've watched the and ancient also, Egypt one for a million. <laughs> why were we watching? Why were we? Why were we teaching ancient Egypt for a whole okay, year? We were because. <laughs> <laughs> because also, I'm a history like... teacher. I think we were just more confident. Like that's <laughs> the most interesting. There's pharaohs and mummies. I don't know. I feel like it was the the most engaging topic out of a series of largely unengaging disengaging awful subjects and that was what we started with I remember because then it went into things like Australian history and federation after that and we just thought we can't there's no if you can't even get them into mummification like what can you get them into it was so tough and I tell you I I I'm really proud of that time in our life because I think that's when we were the most innovative as teachers in terms of thinking really outside the box and thinking about our kids truly and and how in God's name we can even get 10 minutes of enjoyment or joy from them in a lesson and I think we were really good at it to be honest I think you know we fell down a lot but do you remember we made those um passports oh we did yes and we made so you know what it's so funny so I planned this like episode and I've got the that mummy thing that mummy lesson that Mm. we're going to talk about but Mm. I completely forgot that we spent we probably got back to my place one day and had a wine and sat down and we made those passports for exploration and we yep. got them, I think it was about ancient Egypt again, let's be real. But No, it was. <laughs> why they put me in charge of history? Like, why did they put me on a history class? I was like a rookie. I era. don't but, know. But we, we, we sat down with the wine. I remember us making those passports and doing that lesson. That's really lovely. And we we did, we tried so hard to engage these students. And remember, guys, this was before... This was before Google Classroom. This was before the digitising of resources, really. And so we were colour photocopying, folding, stapling, gluing, and it was just, it it was a different climate to the way things are now. And it took time, so much time to curate these resources and put them together and sometimes you have all these wonderful things and you put them in front of these kids that face so many external challenges mm-hmm. and they look at you like what what are you, what mm-hmm. are you doing this is mm-hmm. not what i want to do uh and so then you're back at the drawing board and, and you do di- get disheartened but yeah i think it's about brushing it off really and trying something new and that takes a lot of energy, right? Yes. It, yeah. Perpetual risk-taking, perpetual um, innovation and trying to be dynamic in your first year or two of teaching when really it's about keeping your head above water, right? And 
Just. And we have to remember as well is we were doing that and that was only two, one lesson of ours out of 30 lessons a week, you know, so we're fighting an uphill battle, not just with that class and with the environment, all of those things, but that was literally one lesson that we had out of the entire week. So it just highlights yep. the pressure on teachers as well. You know, like really think does. about to be able to have that class be a success and that lesson be a success the man hours that it would take for us to actually put into that is immense. Like think about how long the mummification lesson took us or, you know, like it just takes such a long time. So like try to do Not that. Not to mention, you know, the ad- administrative side of, of your role at the beginning is intense and, and it's only intensified more so as years have gone on, but you're just trying to keep it together and, and know your own craft and content yeah. area. But it's not only that. You, I, I, in my first three years of teaching, taught largely out of my content area. Yeah. So I had to learn how to be a photographer. I had to learn how to be a historian. I had to learn how to teach work studies and ancient history and Aboriginal studies and all of these subject areas that I was unfamiliar with. I think oh, that's wild to think about, actually, because yes. I, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day because back then we had to teach outside of our area to be able to be a teacher, but now the teacher shortage is so bad we could walk into any English position. Yep. yep. But back then but, they were trying to fit the what, fit the job around us, you know, I while the teacher eight subjects, eight subjects in my first year. So, I mean, that's astronomical to me. That's yeah. wild. You're just um, trying to keep ahead of the kids in terms of... Yeah like content. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about ancient Egypt, right? Let's talk about that class. Oh, my God, I'm so we, excited. <laughs> so one afternoon we went back to the staff room probably and we liquefied. Let's be honest. Can you <laughs> yeah, explain what liquefying did. is? This okay, was our craft. So we had liquefaction and that means you, you've had the worst possible day imaginable. <laughs> you're tired, you're a sweaty beast, your face is flushed, You've probably got your period as well. You feel like eating all the donuts. You get back to your chair and what you do, and I'm demonstrating now, is you slide every vertebra (laughs) of your spine off the chair until you reach the floor, at which point you lay there comatose and that is liquefaction, my friend. And very often it was during a staff meeting. (laughs) I have to say, we were a bit, we we pushed the boundaries of professionalism, I would say, (laughs) in staff meetings. We would be, we would say, oh, forget it. (laughs) Enough, Claire. And I would always instigate and say, I've had enough of this. Could this not be put in an email? Why are we sitting here at 5 p.m. looking at outcomes? And then I would just slowly we both slowly inch off uh, our chairs and all just like audibly groaning, Ugh, like looking at. Yeah. <laughs> and like we've got head teachers and executive members there and we would just be like, nah, we are at It's at because we're at our limit. We're at our limit, man. Like that was, You're it was at just your limit, it, mate. It? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Cannot do. Anyway, we were about so to. After, yeah. So after, after one of those liquefaction days, we're like, what are we going to do with this class? How can we engage them? What can we do to actually get them to learn something. So we went back to my place. We had a glass of wine and we decided it'd be a great idea to model, to, to model something for them. And we're about to do a lesson on mummification. And we're like, okay, well, we could watch the Horrible Histories episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We could 
could do some exponential learning experiences. Yeah. Hands on. These kids, you know, ADHD, just energetic, unable to funnel their focus. So we thought let's be honest, all of them clearly had PTSD. Like they all had some more PTSD. But all of them. We went onto eBay and we thought it'd be a great idea to get a blow up doll. (laughs) 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 Create. Well, hold on. We thought it was a mannequin of some description. We we, we, really, go, yep. we thought it was bigger. We thought it was bigger. We thought it was going to be mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually just picturing what happened when it got there. Oh I'm, just, my I'm God, picturing so we when were we so excited. Well, the yeah. package arrived, and we went back to your place. I went, yes. Let's yes, this is it. This is this, this is, is the pinnacle it. of our teaching. This is, is going to be so great. I can't believe how good this is going to be. <laughs> and you can continue, Claire. We opened the package. Oh, we just opened it and blew it up. And it, and was, it was a like, blow-up doll. It was. Literally. It looked It looked like <laughs> something you get into in an adult shop. Yeah. I don't know how much I can sell Apple Podcasts. But um, uh, well, let's say this. It was... The orifice of the mouth was open. And, <laughs> 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 and we'd already spent money on it and we were poor first year teachers and we just so went, did we still wrap that up in toilet paper yes, in front of the kids absolutely yes did. we did I said, Claire Claire we're running with it where we are we cannot send this back we're running with this three foot mummy. it was tiny as well like it was it was not huge it looked <laughs> no, really it, it was really it like kind infantile of, it looked yeah it was scary, awful but- like a it was really awful. So we wrapped it up in toilet paper. And do you remember we actually even created on Microsoft Word the jars? What are they called? Those jars? Canopic jars. Oh, yeah, Canopic there you go. Jars. Canopic jars. And we and we created organs. Do you remember? We created organs. We, we copied and pasted clip arts oh, of organs. God. So what we did was we put the organs on the mummy first. And then we t- we took them out. We put them in the jars. Yep. We got the hook the for the nose. We got However, everything. The blow up doll had no nose. <laughs> just like, and it was. But there was one kid like, oh, I want to try it. I want to try it. So they were coming yeah. up and they were engaging with it. Oh, yeah, I want to take were. the heart off this blow up doll. They were. And then they, they wrapped were. it up in toilet paper. It was great. And the thing is, is that it worked. However. We only had one doll between 30 kids. Oh, so, yeah. We- <laughs> so we kind of didn't think about the logistics. We just expected them, them to studiously, yeah, studiously stand around us and have a bit of a look, yeah. But oh, look, so funny. and I guess that was the start of really trying new things and pushing the envelopes a little bit and just, you know, taking some risks, I guess. We had the right idea. I, I, I'm actually so proud of us because a lot of teachers would have gone in there, handed out some worksheets, let the chaos happen and walked out again, but we really did try. And in hindsight, there are things we could have done differently, but there's also a lot of things that I wouldn't change because we did it. We did the best we could. And I would just maybe do that differently because it's now 2022 and it's not, 2012 and we've got other resources in place for it but we had the right idea we made it visual we made it hands-on we made it interactive we involved them we tried and we didn't give up but I don't know like 
I had the most stink attitude about that class as well. Like I really, when I look back on the biggest mistake that I made is that I struggled to actually like them. Do you know what I mean? Like I I, I, I I really didn't like them very much. And and it's a really hard pill to swallow, isn't it? Um, When you just carry a grudge um, Mm. and, you know, we're taught to clean the slate blank every day that we walk into a classroom it's really hard to do sometimes when kids are throwing stuff at you and hurting one another and sometimes we forget that there's a motive for every single behavior right every single behavior in that classroom stems from something that we may not not even know about and this is their place their place to feel safe to express these emotions that they might be feeling um but yeah that's my regret too during that yeah it's hard being a negative attitude towards these kids right yeah but it's very hard yeah that that particular class was very hard to be positive about but then I think about as teachers like we're also human beings and we're walking into an environment where we are feeling like our brains are still wired for survival. So we're walking into an environment where we feel under threat. So, of course, we're going to have an idea when we walk in what's going to happen. Of course, we're going to be preempting things. Of course, we're going to be feeling like crap about it and feeling a bit resentful because they're, you know, they're in, infiltrating our peace. And Absolutely. And so of course, it's hard both well, ways. We're in flight or fight yeah. in, in that in those initial years of your teaching career, you did my sweat glands know it. Oh, mate, your sweat glands. I'm sorry. That's why I live in London now because I can't actually cope with Australian clothes. You were a sweaty mess. You were were a sweaty mess. I had to exclusively wear black in summer because you couldn't see the sweat marks. And And your ballet flats. Oh, awful, <laughs> awful. awful. I don't know if any teachers, and I'm 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 certain there's at least, and please, if this is you, send me a message and I'll forward it back to Kiara. But if this is you, let me know. Do you know those ballet flats that you got from like Target <laughs> or Kmart or anywhere like that? And you wore them without socks. So maybe you wore some really thin sockets and you wore them in summer <laughs> and you wore them for like longer than four weeks at a time. My God, they stunk. My God, they stunk. <laughs> I had a pair too. I think and all honestly, teachers had a pair. I honestly, taking them off, my skin in the afternoon, my skin would quite literally peel off with it because it's You've just, got trench foot. <laughs> oh, God. Do you have trend food today? <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! Oh god. So we were fighting an uphill battle, and looking back, there are some things that, like, so I'm thinking about other teachers in this position. Definitely do that. Make it visual. Make it hands-on. Try to involve them. Understand the fact that you know that they are also going through whatever they're going through. Maybe there's some trauma there. They're in fight or flight. They're not acting like that for no reason. Are they? they're not acting like that mm-hmm. to be? Difficult I mean, necessarily. Some do. Yeah. Some do, but but you know, that you can pick those ones. But but easily. when when they're doing that, that's because they're meeting their fun need as well. So That's it's not right. like they're doing it 
Yeah, absolutely. Like they're meeting some kind of need by doing that. So getting to the heart of that. But looking back, I just think, Kara, if we had some really clear and consistent routines in place as well, like we hadn't done nonverbal training at that point, we hadn't done any training around like really setting up strict like outcomes and outlines and being able to reinforce that properly. They had really low literacy. All of them had such low literacy. We weren't pitching it at them, you know? So like thinking about all of the things that maybe we could have thought about doing to regain. Yeah. The biggest advice I would give is a, have a learning intention, have two, two per lesson, two, three maps, things that they should know by the end of that lesson. B, chunk everything down, everything down. Just don't pitch too much. If you don't get through it, you don't get through it. And you just narrow it down to very specific things that you want them to be able to achieve. Three, visuals. Four, routines, like like explicit, visual, transparent routines that, they can see that they're doing them. You can see that you're doing them and, and nobody is hidden in the dark with what's expected of them. And I guess for like make it fun mm-hmm. and take some risks and if it doesn't work and and you flop on your butt in the lesson, they know you're human too and it's okay. And you go, oh, that didn't work, but have kind of a little bit of a bag of tricks just in case. And, you know, not too much text, not yeah. too much. It's just sometimes that's that's what I used to do. And it and looking at we do we do do that. Of course we do that. And we also do that because it's like we've got them twice a like mm. you know, once once a week each. So why would Absolutely. we put, why would we put three hours of work into this class and I like that's the kind of thinking behind that as well isn't it but you're so you're so right with all of that and it's not (laughs) like so easy to understand that we came from the same school listening to you talk we have the we have the exact same foundations don't we because everything I've got written down here to say anyway so you've just done it for me which is amazing oh I'm sorry Claire no I love it I love it because hearing it from somebody else as well and reinforcing that message and like it's just so nice to speak to somebody that kind of had that same foundation because yeah just hearing that back rapport. it's just so important building rapport trumps every thing that you could know about your content area you could be an absolute expert but if you don't have the buy-in and the why from the kids and the positive rapport with them and you build some sort of foundation then even the best learners won't won't engage really because it'll be rudimentary and it'll just be routine. But if you can get even the most difficult, difficult, troubled child on side just by smiling at them or just yeah. by engaging with them in some minute manner, even your nonverbals, even crouching beside him or her and, and just saying, how are you today? And it, it, it sounds so simplistic, but it can. But it make, is simple. Like it, 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 it is. The, it the, is. the concept, the concepts are very simple, but you have to do them a lot. Like you know, so it's not just a 
yeah a flick of a switch and you've got to like we know the barriers to that like that class imagine saying something positive to some of them they probably didn't hear anything positive the whole year from any teacher so imagine if in that like because I didn't say anything positive to them either I was I really I really struggled with that so imagine if we could go back in time and some of those students Actually, as they, as they walked in saying, I'm so excited to be in this. I wasn't excited, but imagine if I said, I'm so excited to be in this class right now. You know, I'm so excited to see you. I think that would actually yeah. have transformed a lot as well. But you also need to consider, I guess, you know, we're, we're humans too and we have our yeah. thresholds and sometimes it's really hard to put on that face and say, I'm really excited to teach you today. And I guess that's the fine line. As a teacher, you've you've got to be part actor, part yes. educator. And but then it becomes kind of a beautiful switch or a shift that happens. And you actually start enjoying the cheekiest, most troubled kids become your lifelines. Like I've built the most incredible relationships yeah. with the kids that I thought I would never, ever develop rapport with, have become friends with me long after they've finished yeah. school. Um, yeah. And I think they're the most beautiful success stories, right? Not the high ATARs or the ducks of the school necessarily. These are the kids that have kind of struggled their whole way through and have met one teacher even that's given them the tiniest yeah. glimmer of hope and they've run with it. And you have a breakthrough moment and then their life changes. It really does. And I've seen it happen, not just for myself, for you, Claire. I've seen it happen with so many teachers that just keep at it with that one or two kids, those one or two kids, and they get there. And it's that's a success story for me, really. And guess what, Kiara? They're gonna remember that. They're not gonna they're not gonna remember ancient Egypt, are they? You know, they're gonna remember. No, they don't those particular times. Those those particular kids, they will be caring about what we like we gave them in terms of, you know, the hope that we give them, the the rapport we give them, the belief that we can instill in them to be able to do anything differently when they've had a lifetime of failure in education, really. And it was a yeah, that that class there was a pivotal moment in both our careers, I think. Yeah. It could have made us or it could have broken us quite easily because, yeah. I mean, we we downplay the heaviness of the situation. Um, yeah, in all seriousness, was- I, I know we're laughing about it and joking about it, but it was so hard. It really, really was. And I really do mean it when I say that when I created The Unteachables, like that is the class that I think of and that is I think of me as you and you're the kind of teacher that I want to help if you're going through those kinds of things because it is so freaking hard. It's so tough. It's just the hardest thing I've ever Dealt yeah. with in my 13 years of being yeah. an educator. Um, yeah. But if you can do that and you can have one tiny breakthrough, um, then amazing. you will go home and sleep a little bit better. I can guarantee you that much. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kiara? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I've yes? got three questions that I'm oh my gosh, going I to love ask this. you. Three little rapid fire kind of questions. Oh, God. Tell me. Tell me your most human or embarrassing or funny classroom moment, and I'm sure you have plenty because the uh, kind of I've human that so you are. Many, I've got so many, but my most human, gosh, 
Okay, there's two. There's one funny one and there's one quite touching one. The funny one was recently actually, which is nice. So it wasn't at the beginning of my career. I had my ladies and I'm teaching. (laughs) (laughs) You had your ladies? Yeah, I had my ladies and I had a satin skirt on. Um, oh, and it wasn't black, and I I sneezed, didn't I? I oh. sneezed, and we had a bit of an accident. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, so I had to teach the remainder of forty five minutes of my lesson with my back to the whiteboard. Oh, <laughs> Just no. going, and here, and here is this technique. And here is this. And then I messaged one of my colleagues. I said, you need to come me. I need to leave. I need to go home and deal with myself. That was the that was the embarrassing one. Um, but the touching one was when we worked together, Claire, and and um my kids in I had a really rough year 10 class, but that was that were my all-time favorite humans ever and we built such a beautiful relationship but one of them wrote a really hurtful note about me um, and about my sexuality and I saw it and my most human moment was that I I've cried in front of kids and I showed them how vulnerable I was Um, I remember that I remember that happening beautiful happened in that moment of vulnerability they saw how human I was they all hugged me and they all apologised and and from that moment on I don't think I've had a more spectacular group of kids in my life that That's I amazing. Right through to year 12. And so in showing my vulnerability, um, I taught them an important lesson about compassion and kindness. Um, yeah. So that was that was my I love that so life. much. And, yeah, like yeah. I've just got goosebumps because I remember that now. Yeah. yeah. I've never cried in front of kids except yeah. that one time and it yeah. came from my heart. Oh, so Kiara. What is one thing you wish you knew before stepping in the classroom? That it's okay not to be okay and mm. you don't have to be perfect at everything. Yeah. And and if you align yourself with the the right people that share your spirit and share your compassion and allow you to take risks, there is no way you're going to fail ever. Yeah. I honestly really think that if it weren't for you and the team that we had, that there is no way in hell that I'd be able no, to teach the I kids that I taught. It would have been way too hard. Like it's it, the fact that we were bound together by that. Mm. It was incredible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. And last one, if you could make one change in the education system right now, what would it be? Besides the bleeding obvious, which would be let's get paid for what we work for. Yeah. Um, I would I would really have a look at um staff well-being um and and the way that we could really I just think in my world with learning and support and looking at kids with additional learning needs is I'm finding so many mainstream teachers overwhelmed because they have five kids in their class that have learning plans that require these teachers to be all these hats that they have know to wear. everything and be everything. Know everything and be everything. Yeah. So and if you're not doing my, it, then you feel guilty because it's like I'm not right. being inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. In my ideal world, it'd be a world where our system 
um, truly, truly caters for every student and they're known and they're cared for and and not putting so much pressure on um, a mainstream teachers to have to know all of these strategies there would be some way maybe it's through funding maybe it's through I don't know a reshuffling of syllabus outcomes just to open the gateway a little bit more for more inclusivity I just think and less pressure on teachers that have to yeah. do with this so, hmm. yeah Thank you so much. That's yeah. That's that's exactly what I would choose as well. To be honest, there yeah. is just so much to consider, and there's so much yeah. going on at the moment. Oh, in the system, it is. Um, um, it is large. So much pressure. Look, I, I don't know how much we can say, but it's a bit broken. Yeah, and it feels yeah, just feels like teachers are going through it at the moment. But we're a community. Um, yeah. And we need to stick together, I think, and really remember why. The why is so important. Why are we doing this? Yeah. And I spoke to our old deputy principal. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, the other, the other day and she's overseas gallivanting and yeah. she said, just remember your why, Kia. Just remember your why. And you're always going to exist in a system that wants to kind of make you a certain way, but that's what makes everybody so amazing is their individuality in the in the system that we exist in so yeah yeah thank you Kiara I've just enjoyed this oh, episode so you. much oh, I love you and yeah it's just so amazing <laughs> to have you on here and this is everything I want this to be really like just you embody what I you know what I see as an incredible educator and you've just yeah you've got thank everything you. So everything you. going for you you know Guys, I cannot believe this woman, what she has achieved. Um, and, you know, she's pretty special. So I'll stop. He, heed her yes. advice. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so or be it, she you. might liquefy. <laughs> I, might, I might even liquefy after this episode. You never know. Oh Just God, the whole so time sake. I'm gonna I am feeling too. a bit sweaty under the pits <laughs> right now after recording. <laughs> but that is all I love you too thank you so much and by the way it's morning here in Australia it's Kiara's just finished work and she's joined us after work so I really do appreciate that as well because I know you've had my absolute a really busy day I believe in this I believe in this and this project and everything you're doing so anytime I can help or offer some I'd love to have you back on stories I will any any excuse have a bit of a laugh well that is all uh, anyway I'm gonna go mark. <laughs> go have some marking and that is all for this episode and thank you so much Kiara bye Claire see you guys bye. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Unteachables podcast, teacher friends. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you did, please make sure you head over and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single one. A little review would also mean a lot. And if you're a teacher just wanting to suck the classroom management knowledge and strategies straight out of my brain and pop them into yours, you can join my comprehensive professional development program that'll teach them today at the-unteachables.com. And because you listen to my podcast and you're a little bit more special, you can use the code PODCAST20 for a special 20% off enrollment. This training, I promise you, is truly transformational. Find the full link to this and other goodies, including a special freebie in the show notes. 
And finally, if you're wanting to reach out and say hello, please don't be a stranger. You can head over to my Instagram where I hang out the most, the.unteachables, and pop into my DMs. Until next time, teachers. Thank you.